0: Hey, I'm Matt Hudgens and he's Dave Mulvaney and this is Profitability MD. Dave, how you doing today, buddy? Matt, doing fantastic, how are you? Man, I am good, I'm excited. We're on episode 77 and we've got uh, a special guest today and the, and the show is called PPP Loan Update with a real live CPA. We got Philip Flint down here from uh, Flint and Associates. Philip, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing great, how about yourself? I am doing great. Um, we've had a lot of questions about the PPP loan. And I think just was it last week, they just made some changes to the PPP loan. You want to start out with what they made changes to last week, Philip? Certainly. Um, as many of you are probably aware,
1: there were uh, legislative updates last week to the PPP loan program. Uh, that was signed into, into law by President Trump on the 5th. Uh, it is known as the Paycheck Protection Flexibility Act. And that changes some of the parameters by which we were operating under the original PPP loan program. And basically what it has accomplished for us is that we originally were under an eight-week period. Right. So you had a covered period of eight weeks by which you needed to spend your funds. Okay. This bill has extended that to 24 weeks. Wow. You still have the option to use the eight-week period. But in most cases, it's going to be beneficial for a lot of the businesses to use the 24-week period.
0: Yeah, we were already having questions that uh, a lot of my guys weren't going to be able to use up all the funds in the eight weeks because of the ratio of amount that has to go towards employee benefits versus others. So now you're saying we go from eight weeks to 24 weeks. Did we get some flexibility then on the use of the money as well versus how much has to be payroll versus other Uh, Yes,
1: we did. So what the bill came out from a payroll perspective, you know, previously you were expected to spend 75% of the funds on payroll related cost, 25% on non-payroll costs, which included lease, a mortgage interest, uh, and utilities. That has now been changed to 60% payroll cost over the 24 week period. And you now have up to 40% to spend on rent and other non-payroll costs. You know, and the reason for this change was, like you said, many of the business owners were having problems spending that money within an eight-week period. Right. A lot of our businesses weren't even open after they received the funds. They're just now opening back up. Right. And they are going to have that opportunity to extend that to 24 weeks. Now, one of the caveats that we need to keep in mind is that, With this change, when you're spending 60% on payroll, you
0: must spend that 60% of payroll or there will be no loan forgiveness. Okay, so now you have to at least spend 60% of the money. So if you
1: choose to go back to the eight week period, what we were operating under was the fact that you had to spend 75% on payroll, 25% on non-payroll costs. So if you had a loan for $75,000, you only spent 50,000, and you spent 75% of that $50,000 on payroll and 25% on non-payroll costs, that $50,000 would be forgiven, and you would end up with a $25,000 loan. Okay. So now if you get a $75,000 loan and you fail to spend 60% on payroll, that $75,000 will be a loan that you will have to pay back. There will be no forgiveness. So
2: when you say that there will be no forgiveness on the entire loan or on – just on the part that you didn't use for payroll the entire loan that's good that's good information to know so did you
0: think so you deal with a lot of dentists philip and like you were alluding to earlier a lot of guys are just really starting to open up here kind of june 1st maybe late may and their eight week period might have started like you said the beginning of may um think they'll have any problems spending the money on payroll and and other items now now that we got 24 weeks no, I really don't think so. At this point, um, with the additional 24 weeks, given that
1: you got two and a half times your payroll, right? Uh, everybody should be able to spend that within the 24 weeks. Yeah, yeah.
0: So now and it now makes the, you get that, all of it forgiven, really, if you do it right. Right. So if you follow the rules, spend the 60%
1: on payroll, the 24-week period, uh, it was really designed so that everybody could get maximum forgiveness.
0: That is, oh, so you're saying this is actually help more helpful. Yeah. It's more helpful because we have a longer period of time and a little more flexibility to spend.
1: Correct.
2: It.
0: So say you had some business owners that didn't have a
1: lot of payroll costs. They had a lot of rent and other costs. Right. You no, know, there was no way they were going to use 75% on payroll. Especially not in the eight weeks. Not in the eight weeks. And so over the 24-week period, they now believe they can spend 60% on the payroll and 40% on their other operating costs.
2: So I have a question for you. How many of your clients, like, um, how many of your clients just, I've, I've talked to multiple business owners who, uh, who got the loan, like for my, my cousin, he uh, has veterinarian clinics, and he just paid all his employees, he got his loan, he just paid them as if they were, instead of unemployment, he just paid them because he got the loan throughout the time, even when they weren't working, is that okay? I mean. Yes, that's perfectly fine.
1: So what he'll probably do in that situation is opt for the eight-week period and continue under the eight-week period program if he's met all the criteria.
0: Yeah. Interesting. So he'll, he'll. Now, Philip, you and I were talking offline yesterday, and you made a great point, which would be, you know, what if what if you could have made the money last longer? Like, you were trying to spend it in eight weeks in that shorter period of time. And gosh, if I would have known I had 24 weeks, I might have spread out, you know, the 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 payments. Hey, reduce your salary by 10%, but then make it last 24 weeks, right? That's correct. So this extension has been talked about for
1: six to eight weeks. And for a lot of people, like your veterinarian uh, brother, had already spent the funds. <laughs> He's already spent the money. So they were anticipating they only were gonna have eight weeks. They kept their employees on. They could have extended them or provided them with unemployment benefits for that period of time until they opened back up and then started spending the fund. So for those individuals that kept their employees on, paid their employees during an eight week period, uh, yes, they probably should continue with the eight week period. I would, still not, I would still wait until at least June 30th to look at where you are from, a, full-time equivalents for your staff before you applied for loan forgiveness, which by the way, there's going to be an updated application coming out, I understand as well.
0: Oh, is that right? That was another part of those changes.
1: Okay. So we'll just have to wait and see what that loan application looks like. But yeah, there were a lot of people that were in in that boat and said, you know, if they would have passed this four weeks earlier, I would have had a lot more time to spend the funds, I would have made different
0: decisions on how I reemployed or rehired my employees. Right, right. What, what percentage of your clients do you think applied for and received the PPP loan? Did everybody apply? Did only certain people apply, Philip? Like what was your experience? I would probably say about 75% of our clients applied and received the funds. Okay. Any uh, turn down or any, and why did they not apply?
1: Well, some of them were concerned about the fact that how are they we're gonna spend the funds in eight weeks? Exactly. So I can put my employees on right. unemployment and maybe make use of some of the employer retention tax credits that were out there and available under the COVID Act or the CARES Act, right. right, as opposed to taking monies that
0: if I didn't use it, I would have to pay it back. Right, do you think that, so I was just reading this morning, there's like 120 billion remaining and you'll have to June 30th to apply do you think some of those guys might go back and try to apply in the next two weeks to say, Hey, look, and, and does that 24 peak start from now or does it retroact from May 1st or?
1: No, the, 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 covered period, the 24 weeks, uh, would start on the day that you actually received the funds from the program.
0: Okay. All right.
1: So, yes. In some of those cases, uh, some businesses need to go back and look at and possibly apply for the program now that they have, a 24 week period.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Some of the guys, I had some three guys that turned it down. They actually got approved and turned it down. And I was thinking of suggesting to them, well, maybe we, maybe now that we got more time, you, we, you should get the funds and we have a little more time to spend it that you really maybe go back and reapply. Yeah. And that's um, definitely ideal.
1: If, if you were in a situation where you didn't think you would be able to spend 75% on payroll during that period, Right. or spend the money on your rent and other operating costs. Uh, now with that extended 24 week period, I mean, the whole goal behind that was to ensure that people got maximum loan forgiveness. Right, right.
2: All except for those who didn't have employees. All those, um, well, 25 million entrepreneurs who don't typically have employees. So they, they didn't get the loans, but. Well,
0: they could have actually you could have gotten as a solo entrepreneur, you could get a loan for the hundred thousand dollars divided by whatever, twelve. Fifty two weeks. Yeah, fifty two weeks, and then you get whatever, eight weeks of that. So a single I had uh, two or three of my guys who are solo entrepreneurs I got the PP No, not a lot of money, twenty five grand or whatever I don't know what the exact number is. Uh I guess that's the right number. So eight thousand a month would be right. So sixteen, seventeen thousand dollars, Philip? If you were right. So
1: guy. it was probably if if, for example, if you had someone that was reporting on a Schedule C.
0: Yeah.
1: They would look at your 2019 return, divide that by 52 weeks, and multiply that by two and a half times your earnings. Okay. Not to exceed 15,385 for earnings. Right. Uh, for the
2: employer owner. Okay, yeah. So, so you I can, have a question. Uh, on the, um, I've heard um, there was a city in our city there was a loan that was available and um and a friend of mine took that loan and um he well he immediately paid it back because he he actually is a very profitable business even through this. And the loan required that as long as he had that loan on his books, he couldn't take a distribution from the company. Um other ppp loans, do they also have that clause in there that say you can't take any distributions until the loan is off the books, or I, I'm asking that because I'm, there's I'm sure there's some curiosity, but that was on the city of Jacksonville loan. But is that was that in the in the federal uh, guidelines as well?
1: Uh, no, it was not. But you know there are the caveats of what you are required to spend the funds on. So you can take distributions; they just cannot be out of the PPP PPP funds. Right, right. Over so that those 8, PPP
0: funds must be used for payroll, Understand. rent, and right. utilities. But if you could, but you could use distributions, just not counted against the PPP loan.
2: Correct. That's
0: a good question, there, Dave. That's pretty good.
2: Well, it's, it, I, there's sometimes even some companies have credit lines that don't allow you to like take a distribution while the credit line is active. Mm-hmm. Those are just some interesting uh, little asterisks ne- next to things that owners need to know about, right? So yeah, absolutely. Right. What?
0: Uh, so you went through some training last week, Philip. Uh, what questions should we be asking you? Like, what are some common questions that you might see or that we should be asking you? Well, let's talk for a few minutes about rent. Okay. This has been a very
1: big topic of conversation, especially if you're a business owner and you also own the facility. That your business operates in through an LLC. Okay. You know, that is known in, in tax terms as a self rental. Okay. I have my business. I have an LLC that owns the building. My business rents from my LLC. Okay. There was a lot of conversation about whether or not a self-rental was going to be included in your 25% cost. Okay. And based on our understanding and what you read in the bill, there's nothing there that says it would exclude a self-rental.
0: Oh, so that's fantastic. So I have a, a company, exactly right, that they own the uh, building and they pay themselves, I think it's $7,000 a month in rent. So they'll be able to pay $7,000 a month in rent and use that to count. Towards the PPP loan. Correct. Now, the caveat is they do need
1: need to have a lease in place. Okay, right. And that lease needs to be in place at February 15th of 2020.
0: Right, Right. and you can't jack the rates up. They had to be, and you can't prepay the rest of the year. You can't do any of the prepay stuff and all that kind of stuff. And uh, now, you know, a
1: lot of people were talking about doing things like that during the eight-week period. But now that we have 24 weeks, we should all be fine.
0: Yeah, we should all be fine.
1: Okay, that's a really good one. Yes. But when they talk about um, business rent, they're talking about business rent on real and personal property.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> so your rental of your facility is generally what we refer to as real property.
0: Okay.
1: But
2: if you are renting equipment, that would qualify. That was going to be my next question. Like if you had an EFA, uh, you know, whether it was a copy machine or production line piece of equipment, all of that would fall under the, uh, I mean, I said EFA, which is Equipment Finance Agreement. If that was structured as a finance, is that payable or it has to be a rental agreement per se?
1: Yes, if it is a lease agreement and you do have leases that are financing leases,
0: so you should still be able to count those payments oh, as that's rent. Yeah, so some of your equipment that you might have, like you said, production facility, like you said, your copiers, we could count that as rent possibly, huh? Correct, so copy machines, offsite
1: storage. The other key thing that came out was the fact that under utilities, they have now included transportation. Okay. And what they're referring to under utilities and transportation is fuel. So if you have a company-owned vehicle or a fleet of vehicles, you can include your fuel cost under utilities. That's a big deal. I did not know that. Okay. And the other thing is, if you think about going back to rents of copy machines, storage units, if you're renting vehicles, that should qualify as well. Wow. Okay. As long as it was in place before February 15th, 2020.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do we have to give one of those disclaimers now that you're not giving like CPA advice and...
0: uh, (laughs) All this is a caveat for your own CPA, seek professional help. That that is correct. So we were going to talk a little bit about that at the end. As I
1: said, these are fluid, they're changing, but based on what we know at this point, um, that should qualify for uh, an expense under that 25% bucket or now that 40% bucket. Right. If right. you're choosing to elect a 24-week period.
2: Now, so, so undoubtedly, un- undoubtedly, uh, Philip, you had to read this much of this bill to, or, uh, or at least skim it. How big was the, the was the bill that you had to read? I mean, they throw this crap at you. How big was this bill that you had to go through? Because you got to know it. Uh, it was several hundred pages. Oh my goodness! I think it was
1: over 300 pages. Uh, but I have read the bill. And I have read just about anything anybody else has published on it, (laughs) um, as well as what the AICPA has published on the bill as well and their commentaries. And then, of course, um, we had a good uh, training class that we went to last week. It was all about how do you go about getting your loan forgiveness and completing the loan forgiveness application itself.
0: They're trying to the keep cost. you employed. They're trying to keep you employed, Philip. I mean, nobody can understand this stuff except a CPA. We, everybody needs a CPA and professional opinion, right? And, you know, if you take a look at the loan application, there's probably
1: four pages that have to be submitted with the application, but there's 11 pages of documents and instructions. <laughs> and there's several different tests that you have to meet from a full-time equivalence, or if you reduce payroll for employees that there'll need to be several calculations that the business owner will have to complete. And most of our clients are going to have us complete that application
0: for them. Right. You want to make sure you do that application right.
2: This this brings up another um, another thing about CPAs that, you know, when if you ever complain, not talking to you now Philip, I'm talking to anybody listening, if you ever complain about the rate your CPA charges, um did you just hear that he had a, Philip had to read hundreds of pages? I'm guessing you weren't on the clock when that was going on. You were you weren't on the clock for a, a client, so I mean these are things that happen to you all the time, right? That,
1: that is correct. So
2: times throughout a year,
1: you know, for example, when the when the bill was passed in the Senate, I was sitting there watching the news, and it came across on a scroll at 11:30 at night, and I'm okay. Well, let's make sure. What did they change from the House bill? And right, right, trying to get an understanding of what was in there and the changes that were made.
0: Yeah, yeah. We're paying for the knowledge. That's what we're paying. When we work with the CPA, you're paying for the knowledge and the years of experience and to help you avoid the mistakes and to help you stay out of trouble and to help you uh, pay as little in taxes as legally possible by staying inside the lines.
2: Just and the that's, right? the, that's the reality is, um, and see, we're doing your job for you, Philip, in terms of, look, a, a good CPA w- should never cost you a dime because they're going to make you far more money and i say make you more money show you the direction that it takes to pay the correct amount of tax and not a penny more would that be the best way to to say it that's correct so we want to
1: help you understand and achieve maximum cash flow and mitigate as much tax as legally possible
0: yes yes the um so we were talking uh what else? What what else should we be asking you? You got any other thoughts from the changes last week? Well, under the
1: program, there is from the payroll perspective, you're looking at uh now December 31st as to hiring and making sure you have all your full-time equivalents back okay. and in place. If you meet that criteria, then all the other caveats or Items where you could be reduced for not having full-time equivalents or reducing people's salaries for a period of time uh, will not count against you in the loan application forgiveness process.
0: So you have till the end of the year to kind of true it up, let's call yes. it, bring your employee other,
1: levels back. The other thing that uh, with the bill they changed is the fact that they're not gonna penalize you if you offered to hire your employees back and they refuse to come back. Okay. As long as you document that in writing. Okay. You notify the unemployment office within 30 days that you've offered to rehire them. They're not gonna penalize you if you have to fire someone for because They're not gonna penalize you now that if you can't find qualified help to replace people that you have lost. Oh, really? Okay. And they're not going to penalize you if in fact, you're at December 31st again, and say, for example, you're a restaurant and you're still only open 50%. Right. And you're only operating at 50% capacity, as opposed to February 15th, 20th, they're not going to require you to reduce your loan forgiveness uh, for that reason.
0: Okay. These are all very fair. Like none of these sound like too big of a loophole, if anything, they all sound like they're in our favor as business owners. Would you agree? Would you they, they are very much in our favor. This 24-week period change, the change on
1: full-time equivalents, and when you have to count full-time equivalents, uh, is all very much in our favor now. That's really good. That's it's really interesting,
2: good. I've, heard, I've heard from multiple restaurant owners, this multiple restaurant owners that their employees aren't coming back because their unemployment that they're getting, state and federal, is substantially more than they were making at the restaurant, and now they don't want to come back to work. And <laughs> it's it's not so much that they can't fill those positions; they're trained people that they now can't bring back in. There's, have, are you hearing this a lot on on with some of your clients? I mean, is this this is going to be a big problem going forward, or or how do we address that? Yeah,
1: this has actually been a very big problem for a lot of businesses because you have employees that are now on furlough. They're making more money on furlough or as much than they were when they were working. And it's, well, why do I want to go back to work?
0: Right. Right.
1: And what um, you're required to do as a business owner, you send that person a letter that says, we are ready to rehire you. Okay. If they refuse to come back to work, you document that in your file, and you are required to notify the Department of Labor that they have turned down your job. Okay. So at that point in time, they are supposed to
0: come off of unemployment. Really? Okay. Good. Do you rightfully think, so. Yeah, I was going to say rightfully so, but are there loopholes? Like, I thought there were loopholes that I could say, well, I'm afraid you don't have a safe environment, or I'm taking care of my mom that has COVID. Like, do they have excuses where they can stay on unemployment? Um,
1: there are probably some excuses like that that people will use and will probably continue to get
0: unemployment. Okay, but that's not your responsibility as a business owner? You did, No. You and they refuse and you notify the department. Your, your responsibility, that is is done. That is done. That's good. That's really good. The, um, have you seen that in um, the dental world? Has that happened to some of the the dental world with some of their staff?
1: It has, you know, as well as a couple of other small businesses that we work with. The employees just were concerned about coming back to work. What was the environment? What safety precautions have been put in place? Uh, The majority of our dental offices have totally revamped their safety protocols. Right. Purchasing additional PPE equipment and taking steps to ensure that not only their employees are taking, you know, safety is taking consideration, but as well as the patients that they're hoping that will come back to the office.
2: And, because and if they don't
1: opinion, feel safe, they're not coming back.
2: Right, right. And we are talking, uh, both Matt and Philip are in one of the first states to reopen. So if they're dealing with this still, because <laughs> Georgia was one of the first states that, to open back up, imagine what some of the states that are not even, like they're in stage one in Wisconsin and Minnesota and New York and some of these other states, man, it could be months before some people want to go back to work. or we'll say want to go back to work. Um, I mean, some states have much worse COVID than others. I mean, granted, but you know, eventually the excuses, I hope, run out. Um, and we go back to work, right? I mean, that's
1: right. right. And right now, the the supplemental $600 from the federal government is set to expire, I believe, on July 15th.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless yeah. it's extended. Yeah, unless that comes up, which I'm sure they're talking about it. Do you think, all right, so what about uh, just now I'm branching off. We've got the PPP loan, and now you've got 24 weeks. And then what if you're, like you were talking about, you're, you're a restaurant, you're a dental practice, and you're not up to 100%. Do you think these guys will keep operating, lay people off? What do you think happens at the end of the 24 weeks and you're not at full capacity as a business owner?
1: Well, as a business owner, of course, they're going to look at their staffing levels, what revenues are coming in and you know, they'll have to make that decision of whether to keep the staff on or place them back on unemployment.
0: Right. Right.
1: Um, We already have clients that are looking at that now. Do you? Okay. You know, I'm, about to run out of my PPE for PPP funds. Yes. I'm coming up on June 30th and I'm gonna have to reevaluate on July 15th what my capacity is and maybe cut back some of the employees to part-time and then look at
0: furloughing them part-time and having part-time unemployment benefits for them. Right, right. So we're not out of the woods yet. It's kind of, this has been a great well, I, to me, in my opinion, a great program, very impressive that the government, both sides were able to put this together in a short period of time, impressive that they've uh, re, uh, revitalized it, you know, you know, I wish they would have done it sooner, you know, that's always an excuse, you can always say I wish they would have done it sooner, but, but granted, they, they did what they could and they fixed it, or, or this sounds to me like they fixed it, where you'll be able to use pretty much all your PPP money, it sounds like to me. Uh, based on what you're telling us and and the revisions. So it sounds like a pretty good program, but we're not out of the woods because your business may not be back to full capacity at the end of the PPP money running out, right? That's correct. Yeah, wow. All right, is there anything we should have asked you that we didn't ask you? Let's see.
1: Oh, the one thing too under the new program is the original loan was for two years and it's been extended to five.
0: All right, so if you don't spend up the PPP money, let's say you got a $100,000 loan and there's 20,000 you didn't you know, account for or didn't spend, you have five years to pay that $20,000 back. It's like a really low rate, is it 3% or?
1: It's very low rate,
0: yes. Okay, all right. And and that was the other question that a couple of clients had asked me was like, gosh, what if I can't spend the money? Again, that was back at the 8 work period. and And my advice to them was, so what? That's 20,000 at a really, low interest rate. And, and at that time, it was three years. Now you're telling me I got five years to pay that money back. There shouldn't be too much of a fear. Oh, that's we talked about this yesterday. Should there be a fear of an audit? So you, know, you had a lot of these guys in the original, these public companies, Shake Shack took the money. And then I think the Treasury Department said, hey, if you get more than $2 million, we're going to audit you. And if you have less than two, there's a chance you'll get audited. But the truth is, well, I'll let you say it. <laughs> what is your opinion on that?
1: Well, I think right now, if you look at what the SBA has come out with, that they're going to try to focus on those companies that did receive $2 million or more. Right. Now, that doesn't say that they're not going to look at smaller loans. Right. Part of the loan application forgiveness process, you know, the bank is going to go back through your documents and review. You should submit the same documents that you did when you submitted your application for the loan. Uh to support your expenses. Right. Now, the SBA has another 90 days after the bank sends it to the SBA to review. Okay. Now, some of the things that they might be looking for in that process is that of course, when this program came out, everybody was in a hurry because they were concerned about not getting funds. Right. And there were some mistakes made in applications. The bank approved applications in excess of the monies that should have been received. Okay. And if they're reviewing your application during this process and determined that you received funds that uh, over and above what you actually could document and
0: support, and it was a true error, they're gonna expect you to pay those funds back. Okay, wasn't intentional. So I guess that would be my point would be, you really don't, if you do this program and you do it right, there's really not an an increased chance of getting an audit. I mean, they're they're just gonna verify or, or, audit that you did it properly. And if you have a professional CPD like yourself to help us document that here's how we did it. And here's how we just, if you kind of follow the rules, there's not like the IRS is going to show up at your door and audit your whole business, right? That's not. No. A, that's not
1: and a it way. wouldn't be the IRS. It would be the SBA.
0: Okay. Even more, even more. Yeah. So if so, you did it right and had somebody like yourself, a professional help me fill out the forms, not a lot of risk there.
1: No, I don't think there's going to be a lot of risk for most small businesses, especially if they received, you know, under the two million dollars. Right. Most of our clients received hundred thousand dollars. Right. Uh, we had a few larger uh, loans for some of our larger businesses, but uh, the majority were a hundred thousand or less.
0: Yeah, and In they the fifty be to
1: hundred K range, they should be fine.
0: They should be fine, and now that they got twenty-four weeks, they'll probably be able to spend all one hundred thousand and probably be able to have all
2: 100,000 uh, forgiven. Right? Right. That's pretty good. The forgiveness part is that I mean, it's amazing. I mean, the reality is they're they're loaning money at 3%. If they had given it to banks, they would not have made 3%. So, you know, that's that's the other side of it is the Fed loans money to banks at such a low rate, even at 3%, the government's actually for what gets paid back. I'm sure there's a balance. Somebody did did this on a calculator or a spreadsheet to figure out where, where they'd be better off, giving loans through banks or giving forgiveness? I mean, the whole thing is a, it's pretty well thought out program, which is amazing at how fast, like you said, Matt, how yeah. fast they put this whole thing together. There were some good CPAs and lawyers behind the scenes thinking thinking this out. I mean, this is. Yes.
1: Now, the one thing that um, we need to be aware of that hasn't changed, and I was hoping that they would address this in the new bill, is that the IRS came out with a ruling that if you – use the PPP funds to pay your payroll expenses and other operating expenses. Those funds that are forgiven, you could not deduct the expense on your tax return. Okay. So in effect, basically, you end up with a loan that is taxable if it's fully forgiven. Makes sense. Now, the original bill said that it would not be taxable to you. Okay. And any loan forgiveness would not be included in your income right it wouldn't you wouldn't get a 1099 for it yeah. so it says now if you can't deduct the expenses well then effectively it becomes taxable
2: doesn't that fall under ex post facto laws you can't make a law after the fact i mean this is the this is the government they can change the rules have. <laughs> yes, well, there is they are t- called ex post facto right
1: <laughs> so they are talking about this still and you know, the AICPA and the other business lobbies are still talking to Congress about changing this.
0: Okay, um, all right. So there could be more to come. So no, there could be more to come. Okay. Well, this but was- But you'll good. have more
2: more light reading um, in the near f- future, Philip. Absolutely. Knowledge
0: to absorb from Philip, that's what we'll have. A lot of knowledge. A lot of knowledge. Hey, Philip, this has been great. If somebody wants to reach out to you and get a second opinion philip where can they find you give us your contact information
1: uh you can reach me at my office 770-446-7088
0: great and your website and your
1: email my website is flintassociatescpas.com. okay perfect and
2: we'll put all you this can, in
0: the show notes yes. so people can, can do and then
2: it's flint f-l-y-n-t and spelled out associatescpas.com just for that, that is correct Perfect.
0: Well, this has been great. I mean, the PPP loan update, the rules changed. You gave us a great update. You can help alleviate some of the fear. Uh, helped us uh, learn that that we can you can spend it all, and that helped us really learn, as David said, uh, you should get professional advice. Uh, hire a CPA, have a CPA look at it. Proactively use your CPA. Don't just show up there at the end of the year. I mean, that's the worst, most frustrating thing. Philip wants to see you two or three, four times a year. Heck, monthly if he could, right? That's correct. So again, um, when you're looking at this, do contact
1: your professional. As I said, the rules have been changing frequently. Uh, So this has been fluid. Uh, They may well again, yet again, change uh, just to be sure that you have the current information before you go about trying to process uh, your loan forgiveness application.
0: Yes. Yeah. Our disclaimer would be this is not professional tax advice. Uh, you know, consult your local CPA tax professional.
2: Very good. And, and, and that's, day. you know, this show, we give people advice on how to make profit um, and use that profit to, to, to grow your net worth. But you should always seek the advice of professionals when it comes to, you know, using the tax code to your advantage so that uh, um, you can get the maximum out of your profitability. That's perfect. All right, Mulvaney, where can we find us? Well, you can find us at profitabilitymd.com on the YouTube channel, ProfitabilityMD. Any place that uh, podcasts are played, ProfitabilityMD, you can also find me at davidmulvaney.com. You can reach out to to, uh, to matt, at, uh, matt at profitabilitymd.com.
0: Perfect. I love it. And then I got, uh, we got LinkedIn connections, right? So, Matt, I just have our LinkedIn. And then I got my coaching website, 10xprofitblueprint.com.
2: 10xprofitblueprint.com.
0: Philip, thanks. This has been Phillip, great. Thank really appreciate it. so much for
2: joining it. us today, Philip. We really, I uh, learned a lot. So,
1: well, thank you. I, I really appreciate the opportunity to uh, join you guys today and hope everybody has a great weekend.
2: All right. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Thanks.